Great rising, great rising. I am Laura Loho and I wanna tell you about my online training, Releasing Complacency. It's time to get unstuck and live your dreams. Become that individual that you want to become within 30 days. And the best part is you don't even have to leave your house. I will send all of it to you and you just do the training every single day and then just live the highest expression of you. Never forget Law's Law, living, loving, laughing, and libations. I'll see you in the next one. Hey, if you're watching this video, thank you for watching this video. Please like, comment, and share. You never know who this is going to help. And it might even help you, but help someone else. Pay it forward, because after all, we're here to serve. That is the rent that we pay to be here on earth. Thank you. Want to take home in the house? <laughs> Welcome to the Forward Marching Millionaire podcast, a business resource where veterans discuss their transition from America's protectors to millionaire entrepreneurship. Tune in weekly as veterans teach veterans what it takes to be successful entrepreneurs, covering everything from setting up a business, finding a business if you don't already have one, and the tools you'll need to make it sustainable and profitable. So listen up as your brothers and sisters in arms, along with your host, Vince Anderson, tear up the airways every single week. The Bureau of Dominant Speakers is literally launching careers from contracts with the state to traveling worldwide for keynotes. It is literally launching careers. Antonio T. Smith Jr. has created a safe place for speakers to be able to study and learn and grow and network with each other without having to worry about the negativity of the outside world when we step on a stage. I have learned so much through the Bureau of Dominant Speakers. I've learned so much about structuring a keynote. I never knew how to structure a keynote, but I could definitely stand up and talk. From structuring a keynote to actually applying for a speaking engagement. It's scary. And Antonio helps us move out of our comfort zone and pushes us to success. He pushes us to launch our dreams. He pushes us to reach our goals. He helps us grow as speakers and pull, he pulls out of us things that we didn't even know we had in us. The Bureau of Dominant Speakers is creating amazing, masterful speakers who are changing the lives of everyone they speak with and who they and they talk to. It's something that I I've never experienced before. It it's literally growing and building and changing lives and helping speakers become more than just speakers. We're literally creating businesses. We are creating products. We're writing books we're doing blogs and podcasts we we are doing things outside of the normal thing that we would we would do we would normally just get up and stand on the stage we would be too nervous to write a book or to start a podcast or not even know how to do either and and a blog and he's pushing us to do all of this he's pulling us out of our comfort zone and putting us into the zone of growth I don't know of anybody else that's doing that. The Bureau of Dominant Speakers is here to create 
masterful speakers and launch careers. And that is exactly what Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing with the Bureau of Dominant Speakers. Great afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Bureau of Dominant Speakers podcast. And as you already know, it is Bods. Yes, we yes. are your co-hosts. I am Law Lodeholtz. And I am Vince Anderson. Back again. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Vince himself and telling you a little bit about the magnificent things that he has going on. You know, Law, this is going to be a lot of fun because the tables are turned. Because last episode, you were on the hot seat. And man, we dug deep and we found out a lot about you, man. And it's going to be a blast before we, you know, once we get into, you know, some things that we have going on on my side of the house. But before we do that, man, we all, we got to always, you know, reinforce what, you know, the ATS networks is all about, you know, and some of the components within the company, you know. So bots is a network within the ATS company network. So, and our company motto is, I love this man. You know, the thing working with Antonio is, he is such a, a visionary and his mind works a thousand miles a minute, you know, and this is our motto. We make profitable clients more profitable. Woo! So Say that hey, again. We make profitable clients more profitable. And the mission statement is, is real simple. We educate people on the, on the systems and we're just on a mission to create a hundred thousand millionaires absolutely and like i said last week you know a hundred thousand well you got two on the line right now so hey the other ninety-eight thousand, they better get in line (laughs) the ats juniors companies is the top professional and personal development and business training company feel free to check out ats and the free training materials at www.theatsjunior.com Com. Be sure to tell the happiness consultants that Law and Vince sent you. Let's get into Vince. It's all about me today, baby. It's all yeah. about me. And you showed up. You're looking good, looking dapper. You know, I, I had to, you know, I started to put on a vest. And because, you know, the last <laughs> episode, you were trying to show me up. You know, first of all, you come up with this BODS, little acronym of the show. And I'm just, I just got to step my game up. So I, I told my wife, I got to run upstairs and put on me a nice shirt so I can look a little buff, you know, That's work, right. work That's on right. the dad bod. You did a great job. You did a great job. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. It looks great. Oh man. I'm trying to keep up with you, man. This is a blast working with you, love, man. This is awesome. Oh, I appreciate it. So who Ooh. is Vince Anderson? Just give us a brief synopsis of who you are. Man, how far, let me ask you this. How far do you want me to go back? Uh, that, hmm. How far do you oh, want me to go Are we talking before family or? Hey, it's so, it, you tell me where you want me to start because, you know, I'm, I'm not as young as I look. You know, as they say, you know, I just, my, my mom and daddy just blessed me with some genes, you know, <laughs> that I can maintain this, you know, pretty chocolate complexion whatnot so I, I okay well, let me take that back you got the chocolate thing happening i got the caramel thing correct I, i'm glad you i was going to correct you but you caught yourself so i don't okay. even have to do it okay great chocolate and caramel that's okay. it 
We can smile. Uh, we can we we call it swirl. We can. Yes, they got a little swirl happening with the bods twins. Yes, okay. yes, baby. Yes. <laughs> but okay, you know, so you know what? Let's talk. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's start with your heyday, maybe mid twenties, and then okay. get into how you got into the family life, and then we'll we'll move from there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you know, my thing is, I, okay, I'll I'll go back. I'll start earlier. I'll hit the real a little bit on the early parts jump into the 20s and we can just keep it moving. You know, I got to tell people, I'm from Gary, Indiana. Love my hometown. You know, unfortunately, you know, the, the city has taken a turn for whatever. Okay. And, um, but I love my city. I love the people that are still there. My, I have, my family's still there. I have close friends and classmates are still there that we talk quite often. So Gary, Indiana is where I call home. You know, I was blessed, you know, I had both of my parents grew up with them. And as soon as I graduated, man, um, I went off to college, Indiana State, you know, went there for a year. And, you know, like a lot of young folks, you know, college is not for everybody. You know, I got there and, you know, as you start doing, you know, I've been practicing law. I've been practicing, you know. <laughs> you know, I got there and, and it wasn't for me. I partied and hung out and I was like, okay, I need to do something because, you know, I'm not going back home. You know, I'm, I'm a man. I have to start learning and I have to start doing some things. So and listening to the Air Force, you know, I was fortunate enough to do 22 years in the Air Force. I love wow. it. So that was great, man. And jumping forward a little bit, um, my, la my last 12 years in the Air Force, I was fortunate enough to be in the Air Force band. You know, a lot of people don't know that the military has band, band components, you know, so I was fortunate enough to do that. And I would say with the, I would say my last four years, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to audition and win the coveted seat as premier bandsman, which means that I reached the highest point in my career. You know, I was in one of the, the White House, how was, how, what's a good way of saying, one of the White House um, support uh, ensembles in the Air Force Band. You know, I led a group of uh, highly skilled, talented folks, man, that are just, they were just a blast to work with. We did a lot of White House support, dignitary support. We traveled all across, all across the country, you know, abroad and, and, and in, in states and abroad and just entertaining folks. So the entertainment thing with me, it's always been there in my blood. But the funny thing about it, when people, I talk with people, I'm an introvert, you know, it's, it's the dark. How does that, how does that work? Man, it's wild because if you think about it, and I, I want you to think about something. The average musician is an introvert. When you see like Prince and Michael Jackson and, and some of these other the guys, when you see them doing an interview, they're just like, yes, you know, so. I'm so doing yeah, they're very monotone. Very, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing of it is that we spend so much time crafting and honing our skills. That's what it's about, the music. So when I'm on stage behind my kid, I'm a drummer. So okay. when I'm playing, you know, I'm in my element. I loved it. I, I, I fed off the crowd and man, it was great. But then when you take me from behind the kit, man, I'm like a big fish out of water. Really? And, oh my God. Don't say nothing to me. Don't, man. I, I, no, I'm starting to stutter now. Just trying to think about that time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I loved entertaining it, and I, was all, I loved being in front of crowds and, and doing that when I'm on stage. It's great. Then fast forward, I retired, met my beautiful wife. We had five kids, and like when I did my keynote speech, 
um, I tell people, and to see if you can figure this out. I don't even, I don't even think anyone ever caught it the night when I did my keynote, but. I didn't caught it, but it was one of my questions. So I'm glad that you actually got me going to this because that was my question. What do you mean your wife has five kids, you have three? So I need you to go into that. I'm glad you touched on it. See, we're on the same page. We are here. Go ahead. Okay. So my wife has four kids and I have three kids. Okay. So. My wife has two kids from a previous marriage. Okay. I have one from a previous marriage, and we adopted these two babies that we have. Oh, so, that is so beautiful. Four okay. of them, my two, my three, and then we have two together. Okay. I was wondering if it was that or if you, because, you know, like some women, be, some women will say, like, <laughs> I might have four, but I really have five because my husband's like my fifth exactly. child. But I was wondering if it was that <laughs> option or it was this option. Okay, that is beautiful. How did you guys come to terms with adopting two children? It was just like, I don't know, man. It's just one of them things that, we, just like I say, we're, we're both older, you know, and it was just like, okay, we, we just wanted to have something together. You know, and that was our way of having something together and, and blessing some other kids that are out there, man, because there's a lot of unfortunate uh, kids that are out there that are born in unfortunate situations that they, they, their, their parents can't care for them for whatever that reason Absolutely. may be. You know, so it was one of them things that we wanted kids, uh, the two of us, and we want to, and we just were able to bless somebody else, man. You you really touched my heart by that because, as you know, I am a product of foster care. I know what mm -hmm. it's like to not grow up with your biological parents. At one point, I didn't even know who my mom was. So the fact that you and your wife decided to adopt these children it means the world to me because you gave them a better home. Oh man, you know, and my wife always said when we talk it sometimes. She said, "Well, Vince." You know, I'm just kind of curious if we hadn't adopted the babies, how would their lives be now? You know, because we spoiled these. I mean, right now they're 18. They ain't, I still call them babies. Aww. Last year, like, you know, I took my daughter's there in Pratt at, right. uh, in Brooklyn there. She's at Pratt Institute. As a, she's going in her sophomore year. My son just graduated this year, and he's going to George Mason here in Virginia. So they're my babies still, but... You know, it's it's been a blessing, man. Now, are they biological siblings or are no, they? They're, they're not. Wow. No, but you could. Man, this is the funny thing about it. I'm dark complected. My wife is fair complected. Mm -hmm. My son is fair complected. My daughter is my complexion. So whenever people we go places, it's just like you 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 won't even notice it because my son just looks like his mom. My daughter looks like me. I can and totally see that. Yeah, and the only way that people know it is if we decide to tell them. Because I don't say they're adopted because in my mind, they're not. You know, because when they get mad at me, I tell them, you came from my loins. So, whatever. Absolutely. Especially since my cash is going towards you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. My green money is flowing through your veins. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. How do they feel about being adopted? Oh, wow. Have you ever had that discussion with them? Um, they know it. My daughter at one point when she was younger, it was like a badge of honor. Me, I never tell people because I'm a private person. Once again, that introvert, private, privacy, that's me. 
I can recall we would be sitting around with friends and family having a cookout or something like that. And I'm overhearing something. And my daughter, she's just like wearing it like a badge of honor. Yeah, I'm adopted and this, my mommy, daddy, this and this, this and that. And yeah, and this and that. She's just like going on, you know? So I don't know. I mean, they, I don't know if it's really an issue with them or anything. My son, um, he and I've gotten a lot closer seeing that he was the only one here at the house as uh, when, when my daughter went to school, his sister went to school. He and I never really talked about it. So I don't know. Maybe that's one of the things, maybe I should have a conversation with him, huh? I think that would be an awesome conversation. <laughs> so you get a little more insight because yeah. adoption affects everyone differently. Yeah. I was almost adopted, but luckily enough, my mom did come back and she got all five of us that were growing up in foster care. So sometimes it can be a touchy subject. Sometimes it's not, right. but kudos to you. Yeah, you know, they know. That, and um, actually my wife, uh, was able to keep in contact with the parents through the adoption agencies. So with what, actually my daughter's, uh, uh, my daughter's mother, biological mother through adoption agency, but my son's side of the family, we hadn't kept in contact with them at all. But if there was a time, if they did want to find out more, you know, we, 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 will, we wouldn't mind. I mean, they're young adults now, they, they may have questions. So, right. Absolutely. And, and I think if they do have questions, we have to feed into that because we would hate for, for us to keep something from them that they're re that's really in their, 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 their mind that they really want to find out. So. Absolutely. So musical ensemble, how yeah. did you even grasp even getting into that? Were you always a musical genius or is that something that uh, you fell on? From ele age 11, my mom said that I was beating on pots and pans and everything in the house. And from there, we had a guy at had just graduated from college, Tennessee State. He came back to Gary. He started his own percussion school. He went to the church there, so my, my family knew him. Irv Bates, still a great friend now. I, I text him and, and Facebook him all, quite a bit to, to reach out to him. He had his own school, so he got me started. Mom saw that, that talent around, around age 11. She put me in school with Mr. Bates, Irv Bates. And from there, man, all through high school, music major in college, got into the Air Force and, and was able to tour with Tops and Blue, which is, which is a performing ensemble within the Air Force. Okay. Did that and then it got to a point where, okay, there's a, a unit that I can actually do this full time. So I auditioned, it's, it's rigorous to get in, you know, I auditioned twice and wow. eventually got in, man, and, and it was gravy from there. I loved it because Whenever my, my day was like, I would go to work nine to five, because that's one thing I loved about the Air Force. We're not like a lot of the other branches. No. You know? and, and, you know, people hate on that. I was like, okay, you could have went to the Air Force. Yes. Nobody told yes. you to the other branch of service. Nobody told you to go out and do sea duty. You know? <laughs> so don't get mad at me because I want to go to work from nine to five. A lot of people in different branches really hate that. Oh. Hey, okay. <laughs> my fault. I just did my research. That's where I went. You know, so my day was like, I would go to nine to five or eight to four or whatever. We have performances. So that time was shift, but go to work. We perform. We rehearse for three, four hours a day. Then there's, there's our individual practice time where you just, you know, you watch videos and you study your craft and you just get better. So I actually was one of the few that I could say my career, I loved what I did. You know, I got a chance to work with some great, I mean, great, I mean, like um, Frank Mantu's, what, great jazz pianist. Um, wow. Shaka Khan, um, Eric Marenthal, 
um, golly, the list goes on and on because of the Air Force's pro they have so many programs where we bring those top notch artists in and okay. we showcase their talent with the Air Force and we do free concerts because all of our concerts were free. And it was just a blast, man, just to be able to rub elbows with those icons that you see and on, on, the, on TV and, and then you listen to them and then you're on stage with them. Man, it, it was absolutely great. Is that the only branch that actually has a musical ensemble or do other branches of the military have it as well? Nope. All five branches have one. Okay. All five branches, they have a field band, which is, which is small units within the, the United States. There's a couple overseas. And then they have what's called a premier, the premier bands, which okay. all are do they have um, White House support duties. Like the Marine Corps band is the, is what is it? I think the Marine Corps band is the, what is it? The president's band, because they're the ones you always see on all, whenever there's a, a presidential function, Right, correct. It's always there. But, you know, then you have the Air Force, Army, uh, Navy. They all have their smaller branches here in this area where we're at. So Now, I don't want to get you in any trouble, but would you say the Air Force is the most prestigious out of all of them? So, once I retired from <laughs> the Air Force, <laughs> you know, it, it's different, man. I, I would never say one branch is better than the other. Okay. It's just... Um, I, I, I just, because one thing about the Air Force is we really didn't have a war fighting skill. Our, my skill was to be the best drummer that I could possibly be, period. The other branches of the service, service they actually have war fighting skills, you okay. know, so they have to pick up a gun and they may have to, you know, get on that front line or not the front line, but the back line with that M16 ready to defend. Well, you got the front line, then you got the one, the, the band with the back, second gun, then I got my drumsticks. So, <laughs> you know, so hey, once so again. You, you're going to fling that drumstick. <laughs> once again, I chose wisely. I'm not the second defense. I'm not the first defense. I'm just saying. You're the last defense. I'm, I'm coming with my drumsticks. <laughs> come at me. I'm going to play a paradiddle on your forehead. So, hey, that's all I'm saying, man. Absolutely. <laughs> so you visit all 50 states, yes? I did, man, between um, within my career in the military and out of the career, because um, when, I, when I was in the military, before I found out that there was an actual performing ensemble, um, there's a unit called Tops and Blue. And Tops and Blue is a competitive program for non-professional musicians. You have to go through various different stages of auditioning, and then you tour for a year. And within that tour, you're traveling. When I tour back in years back, um, we toured, there was a stateside tour of six months, and then there was an overseas tour who did six months. And okay. in that six months, man, I, I bounced all around from the West Coast to the East Coast, North and South. And then when I got to, when I joined the military branch, it just opened up more doors. So I'm still bouncing around, hitting all these different spots in these different little cities and doing troop morale and stuff. And then once I retired, I, I toured with a couple corporate bands. And once again, I'm doing the exact same thing. So yeah, man, I was blessed enough to say I've, I've hit just about all 50 states. Would know, you say all of the states have their own uniqueness? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say... 
and, and that's how I think how my wife and I decided on where we're going to lay roots at because we've seen so many things that one thing I love, I love Mexican food. So San Antonio may be calling our name. It's just a matter because that vibe down in San Antonio, I think when I was down there, I was stationed down there actually for a while and you had the Spurs down there. You got all, you got, you know, six hours, one direction. You got Dallas, a lot of big things there. So, Correct. but in San Antonio, they call it a small city, but with a big personality of stuff to do, culture and everything you can think of, man. So absolutely, it's, the coasts are definitely different, as you, as you can imagine. We're on the East Coast, so I don't know. You may get mad at me because you, you were born up here on the East Coast, weren't you? I surely was. See, so you're gonna, we're going to probably fight when we get off the air. But <laughs> the East Coast people, we're a little bit more serious up here. They're serious. That is very true. Where you go south, I mean, they're just laid back and just relaxed, and there's cool nothing really bothers them. Huh? Cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I mean, just sitting back, you know, just sitting, and that's about it. It was funny because I'll tell you a quick story. When I, I would go down there, because I had um, go down to Tennessee and travel south and stuff like that, I went to this place to get something to eat. And I went in there, and this young lady said, can I help you? I said, yeah, can I have, I love, I love barbecue. I love ribs. Sorry. We have our own. That's right. Uh, yeah, sorry. So... <laughs> I said sorry for our listeners because uh, my co-host is a vegan. So it's going to be interesting when you guys see a couple, several of our, of our, our live Facebook feeds. And he's going to be sitting there doing his vegan thing and I'm going to have me a piece of chicken. So I'm just saying. I'm going to say mine's is chicken less, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, man, so I was down in this restaurant, giving me some ribs. I said, can I have this and that? And she looked at me, nice, sweet young lady. She said, you're not around here from you. You're not around here, are you? I said, what do you mean? You just talk a little bit too proper. And I just cracked up because, you know, that's just me, man. The way I talk is it. But when, you, but when you're around that, that southern, that uh, down, in, down south, nice and laid back, man. So, you know, it, we, we loved it, but we, we probably going to end up back down there in Texas, man. We're just waiting to see where the kids decide to go, and we're going to make that transition. I'm considering Texas as well. I've loved Texas whenever I visited. Houston area is, is what I've loved, so I'm, I'm always leaning toward, a, toward Texas uh-huh. Houston area per se. But we never know. But I know that I want to be somewhere that's a little more warmer than the climates that we actually have here in New York because yes. New York is to and fro, and I'm just a little tired of it. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're, you know, you're, you're in New York. I'm in Virginia. So what you get, I, matter of fact, no, I think I was going to say what you get, I get. But you get no, ish. We get bit. ish. You yeah. get, you guys get it. Correct. You get ish. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> you have a bachelor's in psychology. Yes. And you have a master's in information systems. And I have an associate's in music. Wow. So yes. that's so many different realms. Yes. How did you decide on that? Why psychology? to information systems well that that's a great story because when i was finishing up my one thing was when i was in the military of course we have all the benefits and i really didn't take full advantage of the gi bill and some of the other things so once i got out of the military and i traveled i toured for a while it was great for my family and i then the kids started getting to an age that i had to come off tour and i had to stop traveling 
And I had to find something else to do. I, I, I was just tired of playing music at that time. I love it, but it was just, I needed to do something else because being in the music industry, if you don't, if you're not one of the, the A-list artists or one of those artists bringing in money, you know, you got to do something. So my Absolutely. thing was, I went back to school on one of the um, military's education benefits and I got my psychology degree. And the reason I chose psychology was once I retired, um, I, I had an opportunity to spend some time at the v, at several different VA facilities, vet, Veterans Assistance, um, Veterans Affairs facilities for for retirees and and some of the folks that have, that have served our country. And when I was there, I just saw how some of them were treated, you know. So and I was like, okay, I think I want to try to make an impact in this arena. And, and, and help our veterans out. So that's how my psychology thing, that was one way my, uh, one reason the psychology thing came about. And I always wanted to find out why I am the way I am. As my mama would say, what, what makes Vince tick? You know, so the thing was, I want to help the VA, those, those veterans that are there that have some mental challenges and some other things, as well as I want to find out why is Vince an introvert? You know, why does Vince do these things and why certain things happen with Vince? Okay. So I went back and did that. I went to school, got my bachelor's in psychology. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is one hurdle done. I think I want to go ahead and get my PsyD, which is my psychology degree, so I can become a counselor. You know, not just a, a regular counselor, a, a, a life clinical counselor. I want to be a PsyD. Have my doctorate. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to write scripts. I wanted my doctorate. So it was that I started looking into programs like that. But, you know, with that, the schools I looked into, um, they wanted you full time, meaning no job, no nothing. You need to commit to this program for the next two to three years. And I had to really think about that because I had my baby starting to grow up. I'm like, OK, is that going to be fair? Excuse me. Is that going to be fair for me to take this time for me to go into this heavy doctorate program and take that time away from my kids that are developing and they need their dad at the house more. So just in the house, but interacting with them. So I, like I said, I couldn't do that. So I had to look at something else. I still had some money left on my education bill. I was like, okay, what career, what field can I get into that's going to make me some nice money to start setting myself and my family up? Hey, IT is growing field. Why don't you look into that? And I did that. So I, I started looking, I couldn't do my PsyD. Um, so I looked at some great programs. I got into a master's of information systems with an emphasis on project management. So that's how the, the, the IT thing came along. But even, even before that, even early on in my youth, you know, I'm just a typical kid. I'm an Atari and the Nintendo. You see, I said Atari. So you don't even know what that Atari is. Because I'm Atari. He's like, what's an Atari? See? I, I know, know what an Atari is. You don't know right? nothing about that. Sit like, down in front Atari. of the TV. I mean, a little bitty box sitting on the TV and you plug it in. You don't know nothing about that, see? It's that season, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, man. So, I always played with computers, broke them down and did stuff like that. And throughout my career, you know, working in IT shops, information technology shops, computer shops, it was there. So I always had some knowledge there. Um, I said, let's, let's go ahead and capitalize on that. So it just made, it made sense. It made sense to go in it. That was my fallback. But I, I'm, right now, and we're going to get into that as, as the interview goes, but that idea is still calling my name. Is it? Wow. It's, it's calling because 
where, we're, where I'm going right now with our business, my professional speaking business, with having that doctor behind or in front of my name, that just gives you more validity. You know, that's, that's just giving you more credibility. Say, okay, this guy's a doctor, so he knows what he he's knows what he's talking about. about. Well, you know, I commend you on that because I did have to, as a business major, we have to take psychology classes as well, but psychology just did not appeal to me. The only thing that was fascinating to me in my psychology class was when the professor said, let's talk about how apes are related to humans. And I said, what? <laughs> okay. When that was over, I tuned out. This class is done. That's it. Let me get back to the papers. And, and that was it. Wow, that's funny, but yeah, it's not for everybody. And golly, it's just so stinking fascinating. I find it to be so boring. I don't understand. Yes. Why. I think it's great to find out why a person ticks. That is phenomenal. Yes, yes. But had it not been, we had to do 30 papers in my psychology class, and I'm a pretty good writer. So the fact that we had all these different papers, I came to class every day and wrote my papers. And he was like, you are like a phenomenal student. You always participate. Right. I said, really? <laughs> I got an A in that class, so I did something right. But hey. I commend you on it, but it definitely would yeah. add to it. So now, why speaking? Why did you decide that speaking was for you? Well, it's okay. So once the, the way how I got to where I am now, one of our businesses is, one of our streams of income is, we have a credit repair company. You know, my wife and I, we partner with this great company. We're, we're comp credit repair consultants, as I like to say, because we don't physically do it. We have a, another company that does it. We find clients and then we um, send them over to the company. Okay. And the company will have a whole bunch of other services. We'll talk about that here in a second. But I found myself, once I started learning about credit repair and the services that the company um, has to offer the clients, I was going out speaking. You know, going out, you know, okay, we just going to break the mold. You know, network marketing, you know, you always, someone's always out doing something in a hotel or somebody's living room or whatever speaking. True. You know, so it got to the point where, okay, I'm in these hotels, I'm traveling, and I'm talking to people on the importance of having excellent credit. And I'm like, okay, this is not bad. Once again, this is the odd thing. I'm an introvert, but I'm up in front talking to people. Yes. That's the funny thing. And I learned to myself is that when the crowd is there to see me and I'm in that element, I'm in control of that. So with me so being in control. That's why yes. you feel comfortable with it. So that, yes. that makes more sense. That yeah. Makes so sense. when I speak, I'm good to go uh, because you're here for me. However, if I have to go into a room, a whole lot of people that's not there for me, I just sink back in my little shell. Gotcha. You know? gotcha. But the speaking thing, it just kind of happened. And I was telling my wife, I was like, man, I just really need to, put some put some time in and learn this skill so that I can actually become a better speaker. You know, I've been through a lot of trainings, a lot of self-development stuff that has already laid the groundwork. Now it's just you need to put the cherry on the top. Absolutely. And you know, and by finding the ATS University, the cherry on the top is starting to overflow because the great things that I'm learning within the company from you, for example, uh, as one of well, the thank you. Speakers. We're not going to pass that. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> you Continue. <know? laughs> you and other speakers that you just, you draw apart 
you draw from each other. Absolutely. And this has been a great, I would say a partnership because I'm learning from the other speakers as well as hopefully they think of the exact, think of it the exact same way. And just the networking uh, capabilities within the, the ATS Business Universe because you have people of all walks, all walks of life. And the nice thing about it is you just draw upon that and we have a great mentor and, and, and teacher and educator in Antonio that he gives, he gives it to you. He lays it out in a way that you, can, that you can understand. And if you don't understand it, ask the questions. You know, and once, he asked, once you answer those questions, it's like, okay, I got it. I knew what I needed to do, Antonio, but you just put the piece of the puzzles together. And by him giving us outlines how to put, you know, keynotes together, there's no right, no right or wrong way. You know, that's definitely. That was the most powerful thing that I've ever yes. from him. Because when you learn how to speak from other individuals in the industry, they have their methods of doing things. Absolutely. And there is no right way to do it. And I think that's what makes everyone calmer as a speaker. And for Absolutely. you, for yourself to really shine through. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and that's the, that's the thing about you. You're right. When he said that pressure's gone. Yes. Now, now I just need to develop Vince's style. Correct. And that's why, if you notice when I did my keynote, I wanted to take it a totally different direction with everyone. You else. absolutely did. Let me tell you. Uh, I you, can't, you can't see me right now, but I, <laughs> I am bowing down to Vince because he did his thing with that keynote and it really stuck to me. It still has me questioning. And actually, I was going to ask you, do you really feel that integrity is of the past? It's borderline. It's borderline. It's borderline. So what, what um, Law is talking about, the, the title of my speech was, Has the Need for Greed Tainted Your Integrity? That was the title. And the theme was, Is Integrity a Thing of the Past? And when you think about that in business, let's, let's just think about business. There's a lot of folks out there that just will do anything just to make the money. Yes. And it, that can really question one's character and their morals. So that was the, the main reason of throwing that part in there is integrity a thing of the past because all we want to do is just make money. You know, and once I started getting into my marketing classes and my business classes and, and working with Antonio and some other mentors that I've worked with, they always preach, you have to give value. Give is the key word. The more you give, the more you receive. And I started hearing that more and more and more. My mindset just changed because it's like, you know, we, th we think about Antonio, the way he does the university, he gives so much away. And he doesn't expect gives, anything. And from doesn't him. expect anything back. But it is coming back full circle because he's giving so much that people are seeing that he's giving stuff. So, hey, let me check out what he's giving because he may have something else I may need. Absolutely. And by doing that, okay, he's giving me five things, but I'm going to go ahead and buy this nice ticket item over here that all of a sudden just turns this little, um, little flat line right here to a profit. You know, so th that, that's the thing about that in business. But then you also think about, is integrity a thing of the past, even in your relationships? If you think about, you know, that, yeah, that's a deep now, one right that's, there. That's deep. You know, that's that can, that can be a conversation, a debate here, there, you know, in it within itself, because the way relationships are and the way people treat ones in their relationships are absolutely, it's questionable. Absolutely. You know, so 
that you know that's that was the the reason I, I I did the speech the way I did it that way, and I wanted to. No one had did any slides. So I was like, okay, let me do something a little different. One not. of the things one of the things Antonio says, you know, and and Seal and Susan, which are two of our other speaker mentors, they say that don't be um, you, you don't want to be forgettable. You want to make a mark, you know. So that's why that's why I said, okay, and Phil said. Okay, you don't want to come on and just say, good evening, everybody. How's everyone doing? I was like, okay, what can I do? I'm going to show a video. I'm going to just set the stage. Boom. Have a video coming in. Then I just come in totally different. You more than so, said it. You built the stage. You stood yes. up on it. Then you took it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. So that's the thing about it. And like I told, I, I told you all in, on, on another training, it was a little unfair the way I the the way my speech ended up because I had good two to three months to learn what to do and not do. You did. You, you know, did. so my thing was if I didn't get a perfect score, I was gonna hey, I was gonna go somewhere and just I don't know, have a fit. Because yeah. there's no way I shouldn't with all the just watching everybody and just if you take some notes and I'm like, okay, you gotta do this. Don't do that because that's already been done. You check the blocks off and now you just have to do it. Correct. You know, so, and, and that's what I did, man. It was just like, be different and try not to be forgettable. That's it's insane I, that you say that because, you know, I never thought of it that way. Cause my whole goal was when I went as I wanted a perfect score, I had every, I was practicing for days mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to get it. This is what I want. And I didn't get it. Uh huh. Okay, I didn't get it, but you know what? The the beauty of it is that it didn't take away from anything because two other people used what I said in my keynote regardless, or this exactly. individual referred back to me and people still remember. So I made an impression. Right. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So that's the thing, man. That that's what I love about the bureau. We got so many people of different walks of life and different backgrounds that if we're not learning from one another, man, you, you are doing yourself a disservice in Definitely. building your brand. So that, that's how I got to the Bureau. Um, it, it, I'm using this platform to, to build our credit repair business because it, as they say, what do they say? A millionaire has, what is it, eight, seven to eight streams of income? Well, yes. Well, you know, our credit repair company, that's not gonna go away. That is huge for us. We, we've done well in that. We've helped a lot of people. We enjoy it because this is one of those industries that you need what I have. So instead of me having to go out and say, do you, and once again, I'm not knocking anyone else's hustle. I'm not knocking yeah. anyone else's business. But my thing is, I don't want to have to go out and, you want to go travel? Hey, you want to try, join this travel program? Hey, you want these health fitness supplements? Hey, you want this? Or yes. hey, do you need this or that? That's one of them things, in my opinion. Okay, once again, the, 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 the bots, what is it? The, the bots disclaimer or the ATS disclaimer is the views of our hosts are not part of the company. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. So we need I'm to get that out the way. Clarify that. Yes, we need to get that out the way. But my thing is, I want it to be my wife, and I, I don't want to say I because we're, 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 whenever I do, we're a, team. It's, 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 we're a team. Just like in, in my speaking profession, she is my co-CEO. She runs the money, period. Beautiful. I was like, babe, okay, I have to go to, um, to 
to I, in October, I have to go to certification conference down in, in Houston. I need you to book a flight and take care of all the arrangements for me. She handles the money. She does it all. All I do is go out and just make sure she got a check, peck check in there and you do your thing. Oh, that's so, a beautiful thing. Hey, what they say, see, I, see, here's another thing. You got me just going off on tangents. What they say, a happy, happy wife, happy life. Happy life, absolutely. That's what they say. I think it's a happy husband, happy house in my house. Because <laughs> she will tell you, and everyone will tell you, I think I'm the diva in this relationship. <laughs> so she actually, she, man, she, her, she's, she makes sure I have what I need. Just like I, I've been working, when I come home, when I'm in the office working, she will come in a lot of times when we're on our calls. Whenever you see the screen goes dark, because she's bringing me something to eat or something to drink. That and is so she, she makes sure I'm in here working, trying to build for our family.